What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you, and it's time for the football season to begin again in earnest. Football begins. It's a Thursday night. Now, for me, every day I think about this when we get to this Thursday, I always feel like, man, I kind of wish that it was just Sunday. I really do. I don't like the one game. It's just not as exciting for me. But let me not complain. Let me enjoy and relish in the fact that the National Football League is about to begin. Now, I don't know how we pick this game as the first game. Chiefs. Hosting the Lions? The Lions? Really? Okay. All right. I am curious, though, to see how much I will follow the season. And I will get into that um, a little bit more. I also want to talk about the U.S. Open. Bummed that Francis Tiafo. Lost, didn't make it to the semis, but happy for Ben Shelton as I watched uh, Madison Keys get back to the quarterfinals. Coco Goff is doing her thing. Novak Djokovic is still in it. Uh, we'll see if we'll, you know, what will happen if he and Alcaraz will connect again. But this is the last Grand Slam for that to even potentially happen as I'm recording this. Alcaraz is playing. But I'm excited for the start um, of football season more than anything. I mean, as I think about, you know, what other news is out there that excites me. I am... You know, there is some fun in September baseball. There is, as it gets closer and closer to the playoffs. But after a while, I guess the excitement wanes as you just kind of wait and see. Um, but every game can shift one way or another if teams are, you know, a half a game out. As we look at the standings, you think about Baltimore being at the top. What's going to happen between Houston, Seattle, and Texas, Milwaukee, and Chicago? Those are really the only races. But I'll talk a little bit about baseball, too. I will. But I want to start with an interesting story that came out. Uh, Ronaldo was interviewed and said that he think thinks that the messy rivalry changed football history. But it's just not there anymore. The rivalry's not there. He said, quote, I don't see things like that. The rivalry is gone. Um, 
It was good. Spectators like it. Those who like Cristiano Ronaldo don't have to hate Messi and vice versa. We've done well. We've changed the history of football. We are respected all over the world. That's the most important thing. He's followed his path and I followed mine regardless of playing outside of Europe. From what I've seen, he's been doing well and so have I. The legacy lives on, but I don't see the rivalry like that. We shared the stage many times. It was 15 years. I'm not saying we're friends. I've never had dinner with him, but we're professional colleagues and we respect each other, end quote. When I think of generations that have gone or players that have transcended a generation, rather, Messi and Ronaldo have done that. Players have come and gone in between But I'd say probably before that, it was probably, what, David Beckham? But he was never at their level. But at least in terms of stardom, he was the the last one. Can Mbappe do that now? Is he the next Messi, Ronaldo? You know, when you think of tennis and you think of how Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, you know, they kind of had a chokehold, if you will, on tennis for a long time, at least with the majors. One of the three of them was always winning it. And you certainly can't say that Messi and Ronaldo have had a chokehold on soccer or football, wherever you're from, because the bottom line is Messi just won his first ever World Cup. Ronaldo's never won it and probably won't. My son asked me the other day, do you think they'll be in the next World Cup? And I said, yeah, probably not. They probably could, you know, in terms of their skill level. Yeah, they could probably, if not start, be on the bench. We saw that with Ronaldo this past year in Qatar. And he didn't like, Ronaldo didn't like being on the bench. He didn't like not being the focal point of the team. And so it just made me think about who is the next. I mean, when you think of Messi, most decorated football player ever, 44th trophy, helping Miami win the 2023 Leagues Cup. Ronaldo with Al Nasser, they won the Arab Club Champions Cup. Ronaldo's had over 850 goals scored. It's amazing what the two of them have done. And I wonder who's going to be next. When you think of jersey sales and who the kids are all into, it's really Messi and Ronaldo. And that's it. Mbappe's got a little bit. But I don't know if he's there yet. And he may not get there. I think it has helped, just as it did with Federer and Rafa and Novak, that you had someone of that caliber that was equal to you or pushing you. And Messi and Ronaldo had each other. Like Bird had magic. Jordan didn't really have that. I don't know if LeBron had that. 
Maybe Jordan did have it, but he just beat everybody. I don't think LeBron had that until Steph Curry came along. And Steph Curry, I think, has changed the game more than anyone else ever because he changed the game with the three-point shooting. But I will miss not... When you think of... I remember talking about when Serena retired. Tag, I never got to see her play. I saw Venus. Never saw any of the big three guys. I saw Agassi play. Saw Steffi Graf play. And I'm thinking of greats. Some people might not say Agassi is a great, but he's won all four Grand Slams. And that should account for something, at least in tennis. I saw Tiger Woods, right? We think about Tiger Woods and how he's still playing, but no one has gotten to his level yet. We haven't seen that transcending player yet in golf. At least I don't think so. Roy McIlroy never got there. You can think about Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka, et cetera, et cetera. None of them are there. I don't think they will ever be at that level. Ovechkin in hockey. Sidney Crosby. They challenged each other. They pushed each other. In the NBA, will some of these young superstars, is somebody going to come out of this? I mean, really, NBA has turned into very much more of an international game. Top five players, you could argue none of them are from the United States right now. Maybe one. Luka, Giannis, Joe, Nikola Jokic, all international players. That's four. Who would be the fifth? Steph? I feel like you still can't count Steph out. So that game has changed. But when I think of a who's who, as I go back to soccer, it's Mbappe. And even then, I don't think for people who watch soccer... Know this. People who don't watch soccer, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you didn't see a PSG game in the last year or two when it was Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe all on the same team, that was ridiculous. Very similar to Golden State Warriors when they had Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry. Maybe you could look at Phoenix this year with Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant all on the same team. That's a team that I want to go see play. But PSG, man, I wish I had went to one of their games. Although I know that the three of them didn't play many games together. That was an all-star lineup. My plan next year is to just to my son, like, I want to go see Messi play. So our plan is to go to an MLS game. We've got to start getting ready. I can't wait to see that next schedule to figure out when they play a team that is close to us. I'm not flying to Miami. 
He's not there yet. He's not there yet. But the fact that my son, who's eight, is like, oh, I want to go see Messi play. I want to give him that. And I hope he will understand what he's seeing in the greatness. Because I know I met Messi once. I actually was able to give him a Washington Wizards jersey. Didn't ask for anything in return. And I also bring this up as a shout out to someone that we lost. Uh, my prayers go out to the Suller family. Rob Suller and I gave that jersey to Messi. He had it made. He used to work in the uh, equipment. He's on the, the equipment team for the Wizards. He said, Jamoke, can you give this to Messi? And that's what I went and did. I asked him if he wanted to go up and give it to him. He said, no, I want you to. And he passed away. And my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family. Um, and I wish him the best. As he has moved on to the other life. And I hope his family will be okay. Rob loves sports so much that he named his kid Espen after ESPN. And it was the most amazing thing. His take on sports was so different from others sometimes. And he was beloved by the players and the staff, front office. He was just a good guy. And I know he will miss sports. I know it. I'm excited for football to be back. It's that time of year when we all sit together. I have the memories of sitting with my brothers and dad for all of the Washington games. It's not the same anymore, but I can always have those memories. But football is back. I had two fantasy drafts. I thought they were okay. One was the auction draft. I don't know if I did great. I think my grade was like a B minus, by, which I thought was a nice touch by this uh, online company we were using for the online draft. I mean, the auction draft. But I don't think anybody got a C. Everybody was A or B. There's only a 10-person league or 12-person league, and one person wasn't even able to draft. So the league's kind of messed up. But it's fun. Two is enough for me these days. I can't do much more. I really can't. That's about it. But it does help me enjoy more of the games than just my hometown team, the Washington Commanders, under new... Leadership, new ownership. I'd be curious to see what they do with the new quarterback. 
I think I I mean I guess this is the last chance for Ron Rivera to get us all on his boat. He's going with Sam Howell as his starting QB. Terry McLaurin is a little banged up. We'll see what happens. So is Chase Young. We'll see what happens on defense. I mean, every year I'm going to say I like this Washington team. I'm going to try to remain always an optimist. But my thing is like, if Sam Howell really was that guy, why was he not playing last year as a starter? Why were we even signing or keeping Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz? Like, it's just, it's been a disaster. Maybe this can right the ship. I hope it can right the ship. But based on last year and what's going to happen this year, I think maybe nine and seven. That's what I think. Maybe nine and seven. I don't know if I see much more than that. I really don't. But overall, I mean, come on. Who isn't excited about the National Football League being back? My thing is, There's been some movement. Around the teams. And as I. Think about. Oh okay. Who's your favorite. To win it all. Of course that's what you got to say. Right. At the start of the season. And the interesting thing is. The thing that keeps me from. First, immediately thinking about the Chiefs is because they don't have the same offensive coordinator in Eric Bieniemy. I'm curious what role that, how that plays out for this team, how they might be different, and they very well might be better. But then I also say, well, is there a better team than them? Forty ers are going all in with Brock Purdy. I don't know. Jets are hoping that they'll get a resurgence with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to happen. The Chargers. Uh, Austin Eckler really didn't want to play there this year. Last year, trying to get out of there, get a new deal. I don't. I say Philadelphia and the Chiefs remain the top consistent teams. I could see them again back in the Super Bowl. I could see a scenario where Philly wins again. But I think if we're saying Eric Bieniemy is the only change, and now we saw Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee, hopefully nothing bad. But that may also play a role, at least in the earlier part of the season, if he ends up not playing in this first game against the Lions. 
but I don't see a team out there that I would say really could challenge those two teams in Philly and the Chiefs. Bills, maybe, but I feel like the Chiefs have their number. Bengals, yeah, they got there two years ago, maybe. On the NFC, I mean, Titans. Let's see what their offense can do. I feel like that, for me, might be a sleeper pick, the Titans, to get there. I'm not buying Brock Purdy in the NFC. I can't see the Rams being as bad as they were last year, but they're not in a good situation. Maybe the Cowboys, if Dak Prescott pulls it together. I see the Cowboys making some noise, but realistically, as I thought more and more about it, I was like, no, I I could see back-to-back Chiefs. Talk about legacies. Patrick Mahomes has picked up where Tom Brady left off. As I was talking about who's taking the torch from Messi and Ronaldo. Patrick Mahomes has taken the torch from Tom Brady. And I could see him winning again. I feel like Philly got more lucky. No one went into the season thinking, oh yeah, Jalen Hurts is getting us to the Super Bowl. But everybody went into the season thinking about Patrick Mahomes could get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. So in the end, I'm going to pick the Chiefs again to win back-to-back Super Bowls. I know it's not as exciting as picking a new team and seeing if you can pick that winner. I always say I'd love to see the Bills win a Super Bowl just because I always feel so bummed out about them going to four straight Super Bowls and never getting a win. So that would be interesting, but Patrick Mahomes is the face of the league. And I think that they will win the Super Bowl. I just do. I do. Baseball. I'm bummed about Shohei Otani. I predicted he was going to be the first $750 million man. Because if you think about it, just as a hitter alone, he would have gotten 500, right? And if he was a top pitcher, which maybe for the Angels he's not, but a pitcher in general, he could have got 250, I think so. And that's how you come up with your $750 man, million dollar man. But now that he may need to get Tommy John, I think that number probably goes back down to 500. Maybe 550. But teams are going to vie for him looking at next year. And I think, unfortunately, what's going to happen is the Angels are going to wish that they traded him. Because they're not going to get anything for him. Maybe they can still trade him now. I know when I was trying to watch that Orioles-Angels game the other night. And they said he would sit out because I think he tweaked his knee or something. Knee contusion. 
something to that effect. That's not good either. Maybe that bodes well for the Angels, for him to want to stay. But this isn't the NBA where the Angels can offer him the most money. It's not like that. And it's sad to think that now the Angels will regret not trading him. I think they're going to regret it. I really do. As I mentioned earlier, I really do like the tight races as it gets to September, getting to uh, October in the MLB playoffs. But some of these races... aren't as tight as they used to. Baltimore, 7-3 in their last 10. I'm waiting for them to have a slide. I hope they never have a slide. But Tampa Bay is now three behind them. That's going to be hard to do if you think the Orioles are never going to lose a series the rest of the way. So they're always going to win two games, maybe lose one, win two, lose one. And if they don't go on a slide, that's three games. That's not much of a race. And so then that leaves us with Houston, Seattle, and Texas. Texas is now two games back. Saw tonight Max Scherzer got rocked. That'll be a fun race to watch. Although I'm not really vested in any one of those three teams, really. And then Milwaukee Cubs. The Cubs are a game and a half out of first place in the NL Central. That'll be interesting to to watch. But it's dwindling down where the games are, they matter less to me. Because not as many of the teams are closer. It'll be amazing if the AL East goes down in history of not having a team with a losing record. As it stands, the Yankees are at 500. That'll also be an interesting stat to pay attention to at the end of the season. Or not really, not a stat, but just history. That's all. Just history. And to think that at least three of them could make the playoffs. Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore. I mean, realistically, one of them probably is not because the AL Central still gets one pick with Minnesota. But six teams make the playoffs. And so there's still a chance. I mean, shoot, there's still a chance for Boston. There's still a chance for four teams from the AL East to make the playoffs. Five. I mean, I know now I'm getting ridiculous, but the fact that, you know, I mean, Probably not Boston. Probably not Boston or the Yankees. Yankees are 10 games behind Houston. 
Maybe, maybe. I mean, you think Texas is 76 and 62, Boston 72 and 68, so it's close. Closer. But there are only six teams, and the playoffs started today, right? Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they could. It would be Baltimore, Tampa Bay, Houston, Seattle, Texas, Toronto. And so Minnesota will bump out Toronto. And there's your six. Then Boston, the Yankees are right behind them. So it's still a possibility. I'm nervous for the Orioles. I think they're ahead of plan. As I was watching the... Angels, Orioles, whoever was calling the game was like, oh, I don't think they're ahead of schedule based on how they did last year. But they didn't start the season the way they ended the season. And that's why I think they're ahead of schedule. Because back then you could just say, oh, yeah, the Orioles were getting kind of hot towards the end of the season. But they started off hot this year. And I think no one expected them to be as good as they are where they have the best record in the American League. No one thought that. And that's why I think they're ahead of schedule. I thought they'd be in the mix, but not the best. And they are the best. And based on history, um, I think when I saw the stat, like the last five times they had the best record in American League, two of the five times they won the World Series. Hope they can do it this year. It'd be great to see a Baltimore versus the Dodgers or Atlanta. That would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Keep my eye on baseball. Keep my eye on the U.S. Open, but not as much now that Tiafo lost. I'm happy for Ben Shelton. I truly am. But the fact that Tiafo was from the DMV area, I rooted for him a little more. I was bummed that he lost. He's finally in the top 10 as a player. And then he goes down and doesn't get to the semifinals. I still think Djokovic is going to win it all. That's my pick. Um, and so we'll have to see. I said Iga Swiatek was going to get there, and she's not there in it either. So I'm, I li- I'm rooting for both of the Americans on the women's side. Madison Keys and Coco Golf. I think it was the first time Serena Williams won the U.S. Open. She was 19. Coco Golf is 19. That'd be amazing to see that ascension. But on the women's side, similar to how I started this pod, talking about Messi and Ronaldo transcending soccer, changing the game. There isn't that woman in tennis that is the next Serena Williams. I know for a Coco Golf, it means, well, you have to there's a long road to get there. 
And so maybe by the end of her career, you can say, oh, well, maybe. But I don't see that game in, in Coco. I see a weaker women's draw that is made a little easier to get there versus the dominance that we saw from Serena. Once she grabbed a hold of that first championship, I think actually is over Venus. That was the beginning. And that's what I see happening. That's what I see happening. So I will root for Madison and Coco Golf as I watch now the National Football League and tennis and baseball. I got a little bit of everything on now. I was even watching pit soccer the other night. So much sports as we get to the month of October, the best the best month in sports. It has everything, but I won't bore you with that now. Hopefully I didn't bore you in this podcast. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jim O'Kay. Ciao for now.